Wakanda forever. <laughs> I was like, where is she going with this? <laughs> That's the new song. Every week we're just going to live sing a new song until we uh, find a suitable intro. <laughs> right. This week was a ballad to Wakanda. Wakanda forever. I love it. In our hearts and our souls. <laughs> welcome back uh this is episode three of the south side of wakanda podcast we are Brittany and shanice and this is a marvel cinematic universe podcast we're two best friends who discuss the mcu movies tv shows new releases and everything mcu if you've never seen these movies or if you just love everything marvel this is the right spot for you now we are re-watching the films in a phased AKA release date order. And today's episode will be about Iron Man 2. <laughs> Before we get into the main discussion, we wanted to do an icebreaker to warm up. Yes. Yeah, so um, I was telling Brittany about how I found this guy on TikTok. I did not write down his name. No free promotion. <laughs> <laughs> you just going to have to find him yourself. That's a trick. <laughs> So we, uh, so this guy on TikTok has pretty much gone like TikTok viral Mm -hmm. um, by doing this tournament of all Marvel characters, literally big characters, small characters, pretty much if you've been mentioned in Marvel, he is compete, he's making these people compete against each other, basically. It's Marvel madness. Yes. And it's basically just off of the character, not fighting ability, not anything else but, like, who do you like better? Mm-hmm. So it's called the Fan Favorite um, Tournament. And I think he cho- chose, like, 150 characters. So this week I just wanted to see who Brittany would choose. So this Ooh. week we have uh, Yandu versus Zemo, Peter Parker versus Batroc, Moro versus Carol Danvers, and Tommy Maximoff versus Scott Lang. So first off, Brittany, mm-hmm. Yandu versus Zemo. I gotta say Yondu. Zemo was cool. I think we got to know him a little bit more in Falcon, Falcon and, the... and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, but Yondu, like, when he... I don't want to spoil it, but Yondu was very near and dear to my heart. Yes. And I just... I love that character. I love the actor, too. He was in The Walking Dead, and that's why... I think I was first introduced to him. So, yeah. Yondu. I feel like he was unjustified. I'm not 100% sure. I have to look that up. But... Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so like you said, because of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Zemo was just like, it, at first it was like a really hard choice. I almost chose Zemo mm. just because I feel like he is living the life I want to live. And you know what? He know how to get shit done. He did. Okay. And it was just like, oh dang, spoiler alert. This guy's like, low-key like rich and just He's had, a barren Zemo. Yes. And he just had always had a cocktail in hand with a really fur nice collar. Yes. <laughs> and that's how because Prince Prince kept saying, like, damn, that's a nice coat. Yes. It is. He was fresh. He you was see it? Yes. <laughs> he was fly. Mm-hmm. Too much sauce. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Yondu. I just it's just Yondu. We'll, we'll get to Yondu, but he was definitely kind of more complex yeah. of a character and ended up coming in clutch. And for anybody who doesn't know, because I know a lot of people who are uh, listening have not seen all of the movies. 
So Yondu is a character that's first introduced in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So when you get to that part of the rewatch, you'll understand why we're saying what we're saying. Right. And at first you're introduced to Zemo in Captain America's Civil War. And mm-hmm. you're like, why would you choose this person? Right. But then in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you like, oh, I get back. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was a really close vote for me. So the next one is Peter Parker versus Batrock. And Batrock was, like you said, it was the Frenchman in Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Very, very minor character. <laughs> Who also came back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Briefly. He was in like two episodes. Yeah. That was him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, where have I seen this dude before? I'm going to pick... Uh... I'm gonna pick Peter Parker. Yeah, I have to. I kind of have to because I didn't even realize that that dude was in the TV show. Obviously, he did not make an impression. <laughs> he did. He made zero impression on me, and I've seen Winter Soldier so many times. Yeah, Captain America and Winter Soldier. I've seen yeah. that one so many times. Uh, obviously, I have to choose Peter Parker. Obvi. Next, we have Moro from Doctor Strange and Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. So. You rooting for everybody black? (laughs) (laughs) I I really did like Moro a lot. I don't have an issue with Carol. I just feel like, actually, I was what I was about to say was I feel like I haven't really connected to her, but that's a lie because she's been in more movies than Moro has. He was only in Doctor Strange. She was in this and uh, she was in Captain Marvel and Endgame Um, for a couple seconds. But I'm a, I'm gonna vote for Carol because I feel like a lot of people hate on her. They hate on Brie Larson because she's a feminist, and that's literally it. And you know what? Usually I do root for everybody black, but I feel like they've been bullying her for no reason. So I'm gonna go with her. Okay. Um, well, we will obviously get to Doctor Strange, but I like how he at the in the post credits mm-hmm. with the guy. He's like, it's too much magic in the world. Oh, I don't even remember that post-credit scene. Yes, girl. Okay, well, I'm going <laughs> to pay attention when we rewatch it. Yes, girl. Oh, my goodness. So, just off of that, because I, I like a, a nice, bad person. Yeah. You can always get me with a good villain. Sometimes I'll root for the villain just because of, like, if they have a good cause, I'm with it. Thanos. I was just about to say. <laughs> Thanos is our bestie, okay? He's our third. <laughs> Big Daddy Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so lastly, we have Tommy Maximoff versus Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man. And obviously, I'm choosing Paul Rudd because it's Paul Rudd. Yeah, I mean, fuck them kids, but... I was about to give away. I mean, I'm not. Even, hey, I don't want to spoil it. No, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to spoil <laughs> Wandavision for anybody. But Tommy Maximoff is a character from Wandavision, so I won't say too much. But... I know. What, I know what you were gonna say. Yeah. And I don't think so. And that's exactly right. why. Right. I can't vote for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go with Scott Lang. I like the fact that he's just. He has this. You know, sketchy background. He was in jail, but he's, like, super smart. Mm-hmm. And I also like how he's like, oh, I'm on the straight and arrow. And then as soon as Captain America calls to do some, you know, illegal shit, he like, gang, gang. Let's go. <laughs> Whole lot of gang shit. What's right. up? Can I be an Avenger now? Right. Do I get a t-shirt? <laughs> and honestly, if Captain America called me to do some shit, I'm going. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. 
Honestly, if Chris Evans called me right now, I'd leave this podcast. I would leave my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Save the word. Uh, And I also just love how he he loves his daughter. Like, everything that he's done, Mm -hmm. good or bad, is for his kid. And I have to respect that. Yeah. So... That's our icebreaker. Yes, that was our icebreaker. I will uh, try and find this guy's Instagram. I mean, not Instagram, his TikTok. And I'll post it on our Mm -hmm. Instagram story so you guys can see and follow along. He's on day 25. He's literally been doing this every single day. The commitment. Yes. And I mean, when you make your way to Marvel Talk, yeah magical things happen yeah our tiktok our marvel content has been doing really well on tiktok so make sure y'all go follow us if you have the app Mm -hmm. we're south side of wakanda yes all right so we're gonna take a quick break and then we will get into some of this movie tea about iron man 2 hi guys so we're gonna get into the main segment um first of all iron man 2 was released may 7th 2010 that was 11 years ago Mm. that is wild so it's movie three uh, of phase one of the MCU. And I was just looking up how critically how it did because I had my own opinions of it. Okay. And let's just say I was not alone in feeling the way I felt about Ooh. this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so while the movie received generally positive reviews for uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, uh, action sequences, the musical scores and visual effects, a lot of critics actually felt that it was inferior to the first Iron Man. And I actually agree with that. Um, They criticized the villains and the movie's pacing. Um, I'm not really sure about the pacing of the movie. It actually felt pretty good to me, but Hmm. the villains didn't, didn't really hit the spot for me. I feel you. I feel you on that. I... It was basically the same movie as Iron Man 1. Yeah. He was, Iron Man fights a a bigger evil Iron Man. Yeah. It didn't do anything for me. Mm. It was lackluster. So, um, on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie received 72%. Hmm. Yeah. Compared to the first movie that had 94%. Mm. So that is a huge difference. Did you um, find out which one made more money? This one or the, the first I actually one? didn't pay too much attention to the money. Mm. Okay. Because people go to see movies, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they like the movie. Yeah. So I never really go based off of how much money a movie made. Yeah. Because everybody's going to watch the movie like, oh, I want to see for myself. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel. Um, one review actually said the lead villain and final showdown leaves this movie feeling a little empty. And I could not agree more. Mm. I, the la- like, I watched this movie a couple months ago. And I guess I was probably just half watching it. Watching it. I wasn't watching it with the intent of, you know, breaking it down and mm-hmm. giving my opinion of it. So I just kind of, it was whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... I definitely agree, though, because especially when we see later in, like, phase two and three, the villains that we get in those movies, Mm -hmm. very nuanced, very complex, and they bring up a lot of different conversations in the personal lives of these heroes, so... Mm -hmm. And this one, it was, I mean, we'll get to the final showdown, but I was just like, oh, that's 
Yeah. That's it? it? Yeah. He did have motivation, but when you compare him to, like, Loki and Killmonger, it's not on the same level at all. Not even, even Thanos. Yeah. As murderous as he was, I understood why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel a little bit of Thanos every day. Yeah, to me, this guy was just kind of jealous. Yeah. That's really, I feel like it all boils down to jealousy. Like, that should have been my life. Even his dad says it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, to me, jealousy isn't enough of a motivator. Unless you're Loki. And Loki can get away with it. But I think it was even more complex. But Loki's story was more fleshed out. So, yes. we understood. Like, we felt him. Mm-hmm. But this character is just, we don't get all that. But we'll get into his motivations and stuff. Yes. So, before we get into the movie, I also had some things. I found a little bit of gossip. <laughs> oh, let me sip my tea. So, I want to talk about Terrence Howard and how he ends up being recast. So, a lot of people, we, I think we briefly touched on this in the when we talked about the first Iron Man movie. But, mm-hmm. I'm going to go into more detail now because we see that Rhodey is no longer Terrence Howard, but he's Don Cheadle. So, he ended up being recast, mostly related to salary. But, if you don't know the full story, he ends up looking really crazy, and he's not. I have completely changed my mind. So, Robert Downey Jr. and Terrence Howard were actually friends in, like, real life. Mm -hmm. And Terrence Howard was the reason that Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Iron Man. Actually, Terrence Howard was picked... Like, he was a part of the cast before they even picked who Iron Man was going to be. Oh. And so, he played a key role in convincing Robert Downey Jr. to do Iron Man. So much so that he took a $1 million pay cut so that they could pay Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Robert Downey Jr. got paid 500000 to do the first Iron Man movie. And just in reference for Endgame, guess how much money he got? $38 million. 75 million. Jesus. So he came a long way. Yeah, I was just about to say, that's the come up of a lifetime. The come up of a lifetime. <laughs> and he owes it all to Terrence Howard. And, you know, Terrence said he did this on good faith that he would make it back in the second movie. Because little did we know, when he signed on to do Iron Man, he signed on to do a three-picture deal. Mm. Mm-hmm. So him taking a little pay cut, he was like, that's fine. I want my friend to get this role. I'm doing three movies. So I'm looking I'm a, out for nobody no more. Baby. Because <laughs> I would have been, ooh, ooh. Okay, keep going. I don't know the full story, but just from where you at now, I'm like, I'm not helping out nobody. I'm looking out for numero uno. Baby. Okay, so it, it gets, it's a, little, it's a little bit more. So, he had originally agreed to do the three-picture deal um, where Rhodey War Machine would really take over. So, yeah, it was going to shift. And this makes sense because I also found out that one of the original ideas for the script of Iron Man 2 was to have Tony battling with alcoholism and depression. And this was stemmed from dealing with Pepper, who was supposed to get a boyfriend, him revealing to the world that he's Iron Man, and also coping with his age. So knowing that and then seeing that they originally planned for War Machine to like step to the forefront... And not so much Tony Stark makes it a little bit more interesting. It actually so, sounds like a better movie. It probably it would have been it would have been a completely different MCU if that had happened. That is true. Yeah. That is true. So 
they offered him even less more money. They came back and told him like, yeah, we were they were supposed to give him eight million to do Iron Man two, and they came back and were like, we'll give you one million. And they he said his agent hung up out of frustration. And he said he never actually said no, but they took that hang up as, oh, whatever. Wasn't so, trying to negotiate or nothing. nothing. So they tried to also say that he was difficult on set, which led to him being blacklisted. Because if you know Terrence Howard's career, he did Hustle and Flow like maybe three years before he did Iron Man. And he got an Oscar for that, I believe. I think that movie got a bunch of awards. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this was supposed to be something to really launch him. And then he ended up getting into this situation. And I don't think he's been in very movie, very many like blockbusters since then. And it's the same. It sounds like the same thing that happened to Monique and a lot of other black people in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You speak up for yourself. You try to ask for the amount of money that you're owed. Right. Or, or that you feel that you deserve. Because right. I'm not doing this for free. Yeah. He already agreed to take a pay cut in the second one. And then y'all had a contract. And they just reneged on the entire thing. Kicked him out. They called Don Cheadle to do uh, to offer him the role. And they gave this man one hour to decide on a six picture deal or they would move on to the next candidate. That's what they told him. Girl, he was at his baby birthday party when they called him and gave him one hour to decide the next couple years of his life. What? It's ghetto. Hold on. I was just about to say, uh, Kevin Feige sound mad shady. <laughs> Girl, between this and the Edward Norton stuff. I'm like, saying he low-key just sounds like a... This is a lie. Douche. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately he took it and I'm sure he was able to negotiate more money. Well, at least I, I hope that he was able to negotiate more money because War Machine did end up becoming a big part of the MCU. Mm -hmm. And people who haven't seen all the movies, you'll see that later down the line. So that's pretty much how that wrapped up. So everybody should be looking at Terrence Howard in a different light because I know I am. I but, like Terrence Howard. Yeah, I didn't have He's an issue just with like, him. Let's, do so, let's put out some quality stuff, my guy. I'm yeah. rooting for you. So, other than that, the only other um, casting news we have is that, you know, in this movie we see Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow. Mm -hmm. And originally, Emily Blunt was asked to play Black Widow, but she turned down because she was con uh, contracted to do Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> she didn't want to do that movie that I found out. They made her do it because she wanted to do uh, The Devil Wears Prada. So, in order to do that movie that she actually wanted to do... They made her do, like, in her contract, she had to do another movie. And she didn't know what it was going to be. Was and it, it the same studio? Yeah. Okay. I'm and like, what? You just going to make me do this movie? And yeah. And it was a flop. I forgot. Because like, I never, one. I mean, I don't, was it with Jack Black? Yeah, that one. Okay. It ended up with a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. So. A little tink tink. That sucked for her. But in this, this was an interview she did with Howard Stern, like, not too long ago. And in that same interview, she addressed the rumors that she and her husband, John Krasinski, are set to play Reed Richards and Sue Storm in the MCU Fantastic Four movie. A lot of people have been talking about this, especially when WandaVision was airing. People were speculating that John Krasinski would show up as Reed Richards, like, towards the end to help out or whatever. How do these rumors even start? I have no idea, but they have the fan art, and I, even the fan art got me on board. I was like, oh... 
this looks really maybe good. that's just how it starts it starts with really good fan art maybe. and then fans get behind it and it almost becomes like yeah he's definitely getting that role and right he's like no well it was all fan art because she said nobody has been approached and that that that's not a thing that's in the works and then howard stern asked her if superhero movies are beneath her because she's done you know a lot of things and she says no she just doesn't think that genre is up her alley basically she thinks the market is oversaturated with these types of movies and she isn't emotionally connected to them and i don't really know like what she means because i feel like at the place we are now superhero movies are really giving us complex characters yeah it's not like you're just getting it's not like boom punch you know it's not just action movies anymore right you know what i mean at at first they kind of were just action movies, but I feel like the longer, the the better they did, the more complex the characters got. Even the characters that we have in the first phase, you kind of mm-hmm. see them struggle with different things, like going forward. Yeah. And also, there are a lot of big name actors and actresses that end up in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, don't make it seem like you're better than Michael Douglas. Right. Or Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Or Paul Rudd. Like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't. I don't know. That's what she said. I don't know, girl. But. I could be putting words in her mouth, but. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so that that's the gossip and the tea that I found. So let's, let's go ahead and get into this movie. Yes. Okay. So Iron Man 2 picks up uh, immediately. If not, like, shortly after everything that happened in Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. And we open up in Russia and we see Anton Vanko is dying and being cared for his son, Ivan Vanko. And um, Ivan is watching Tony Stark declare that he is Iron Man on CNN while his dad is pretty much fighting for his life in the other room. And his last words are, all I can give you is my knowledge. And I wrote that down because I was just like, dang, that's actually beautiful. It is beautiful. And we, we see that that is pretty much all he can do. Um, Ivan opens up some blueprints and we see that these are for the arc reactor with Anton uh, Vanko and Howard Stark's name at the bottom. So we see that he helped create this technology and he's given the blueprints to his son who then uses it to create taser ropes <laughs> is this the real taser face i don't know i uh just had a little connection so obviously okay so i'm gonna talk my way through this idea okay, here we I go literally just had it okay so anton and howard stark worked on this project together mm-hmm. obviously anton was like a disgraced scientist all this stuff at the end of his life, the only thing that he could give his son was his knowledge. That was literally all he could give him. Mm-hmm. Then you have Howard Stark mm. on the other end, left his son vast wealth. Mm. An empire. An empire, plus the knowledge. He already had like all the tools he needed. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we find out more about Anton that he had to... I mean, he had, his father was disgraced. He was trying to make some cash on the side, ended up going to jail. He was like, he was a smart man, but he had you to do what he had leave. to do. Yeah. And it's, it's just almost like, well, what, what would have his, he probably still would have been an evil scientist, but like, what would have his life been like if he was, if he had the resources and the wealth that his father would have left him instead of just the knowledge? Yeah. 
that was the little uh connection that i just made that's definitely <laughs> like i think the overarching theme of this movie is dealing with the sins of the father i wrote that down mm-hmm. so we see six months later we're at the stark expo um which we find out is a 12 month long like i wrote that down too presentation like that's a well long- that's a little excessive yeah that's so, a long time. I was like, okay. And I was thinking, I didn't look it up, but I'm like, okay, how long was like the Chicago Fair for back when they used to have that? Mm. Well, the, not the Chicago Fair, the World Fair. One just so happened to be in Chicago. At right. Point. But like, how long was that? Like, but it, and it was kind of the same thing, like, right? It was like inventions and different things know. and everything like that. But I'm, I feel like a year is so long. It's was a it like, much. Was it like every weekend, once a month? Maybe. And then we'll see the Stark Expo when we watch Captain America. But I think in this movie, he was like bringing it back. And it just seemed like between this movie and that movie, like maybe they have presentations maybe on the weekend. But during the week, you can like walk through, mm-hmm. see a show, look at some stuff. like a Maybe it was like museum. a museum. Yeah. yeah. Because I was like a year long. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> As if New York needs any more business. Man. (laughs) Bring it to Idaho. So we see Iron Man who shows up. It's a big party. There are dancers on the stage. And he is in his Iron Man suit. But then up from the floor come these giant arms. He's obviously perfected the technology needed to dress and undress in the iron suit. It went a lot more smoothly that time. He was like spinning around. It was crazy. And then we have the half-naked Iron Man dancers gyrating in front of the American flag. And I was like, this is cringy. Cringy AF. (laughs) I remember watching this and Pharaoh was like, Mom, why are they dancing? And I was like, because Tony Stark likes to objectify women. And she was like, what? And I was like, what? (laughs) And we just moved on. (laughs) She learned a valuable lesson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he gives his speech introducing that they're going to be doing this Stark Expo. And one of his lines that he says that I just, I always say it is what I'm saying is if If I'm I'm saying saying anything. anything. (laughs) (laughs) It is so funny to me because he was kind of rambling. He was rambling. Yeah. (laughs) Don't for any reason do anything to anyone (laughs) or anybody for any reason whatsoever. That's what his speech was. Basically. (laughs) And I had wrote wrote down the last time we uh, watched Iron Man. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't Iron Man. It was last week when we watched Iron, um, not Iron Hulk. Incredible Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) We mentioned how ego was kind of behind the need to be the one that saves the world. Mm. And I feel like we see that in his speech. He's just like, well, because of me, we have X amount of months of uninterrupted peace and all of this stuff. And he's like, because of me, I'm like, he's definitely a narcissist. All right, bro. Slow it down. Well, he's getting humbled because. Oh, he is going to be humbled. As his uh, Howard Stark montage plays for the crowd, Tony's backstage and he has this little uh, blood tester and we see his blood toxicity. His blood toxicity is at 19%. And we're not really told what that means at that moment, but don't sound good. It does not. I don't think your blood is supposed to be toxic. Right. (laughs) Okay. So we move on. We're leaving. We see our brief, very brief Stan Lee cameo. And he is, I think he's just mistaken as Larry Mm -hmm. King. That's what the uh, Wikipedia said. He He was actually as himself, but he was mistaken for larry king oh okay 
And then as he's uh, leaving, he's approached again as he gets to the car by a very attractive woman, Mm -hmm. much like Iron Man 1. And this time she is trying to serve him a subpoena for the Senate committee meeting. So she doesn't end up driving home with him yeah, to the to a different state right <laughs> and they're like you job. have it's an it's, it's nighttime and they're like well obviously he has the resources but they're like you have to be at the armed uh what is it the armed service committee meeting mm-hmm. tomorrow at 9 a.m yeah. well, i guess he was in new york new york to dc is probably just a few hours but i think he said like 200 miles so that's like the way he drives, he could probably get there like two <laughs> hours, two three hours. Mm-hmm. So um, then we, the next scene is literally him at the Senate Armed Service Committee meeting. Right, the committee thinks that Tony's Iron Man suit is a specialized weapon, mm-hmm. and Tony describes it as a high tech prosthesis. Yeah, he's like, that's the best way I can describe it. I would describe it by de- defining it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly he was what he such said. an asshole. He was. <laughs> And I was thinking this whole time, like, it's entertaining to watch because mm-hmm. he's so charismatic, but... And, and it's fake. Right. But if that was actually happening mm-hmm. in real life and we were at home... Watching this. We would have been like, yo, smoke the freak out. Man, <laughs> if Bill Gates is just on, like, just dicking around with the Senate and he's just like, I don't know, I... I would have been disturbed. No, it was definitely, he's just like, no, I'm not giving you my suit. It's right. mine. So then um, <laughs> they have Justin Hammer give a little presentation. He is like the most insufferable character. He's great value Tony Stark. He. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. He wants to be Tony so He did. Bad. Oh my goodness. I think I wrote that like uh, towards the end at mm-hmm. the, the, um, the expo. I can't remember. I'll, we'll get to it. But yeah. I was just like, oh, this He's douche. such a wannabe. <laughs> like, you'll see throughout He's the movie. He's a try-hard. That's the what way I he called dresses, him. like, mm-hmm. everything he does. It's like, His glasses. Yeah. And he pretty much, he does the same thing as Tony. Like, he's in weapons. De- well, Tony did. He's in weapons development. But he actually works for the Department of Defense. So, he's he's a, a military industry guy. But he's also, like, a government guy. Right. Like, that's his job. So, then... After that little part, we see the new roadie. So Don Cheadle walks in as roadie. I wrote wrote down new roadie. Yeah. Their little interaction is so funny because I feel like it's Marvel's way of addressing the recast. Mm -hmm. He says, hey, buddy, didn't expect to see you here. Yeah. And then Don Cheadle is like, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. (laughs) I thought that was so funny and so clever. Honestly, I feel like the best way to address recasts, especially if it's such a no pun intended, stark recast when it's like they <laughs> look completely different. You just yeah. kind of like, you have to address it, but not like, oh man, you do something different. Like, yeah, like not to make it so obvious, but address it subtly. And I think they did it perfectly. Yeah. So Rody makes his presentation showing off that other countries are working on suits and they're allegedly, you know, close to being operational. Then Tony hacks the presentation from his phone. Mm-hmm. Which I wrote down, it's terrifying and it's cool. Yeah. Because that's scary. Like, this is the Senate. Yeah. This is government, like, servers and stuff. And he hacks it in, like, two seconds. And he's Mm -hmm. able to, like, commandeer the screens and, like, really show everything. So. And um, before that happened, uh, Senator Stern had Rhodey 
uh, read from like a random like page. an assessment yeah. or whatever. And he said from Rhodey's words that Iron Man presents a threat to the United States since he is operating more in the private sector. I'm not, I'm, this is me paraphrasing. I wasn't about to write all of that. <laughs> he operates in the private sector more than any branch of government. And he's just like, you're taking everything that I'm saying out of context. Mm-hmm. He's like, because I feel that, uh, he said that having Iron Man outweighed the uh, liabilities than not having him. Mm-hmm. And we see in yeah. future movies, if we didn't have Iron I feel like Iron Man kind of like got the ball rolling and got more superheroes and all of this stuff. Yeah. We, we needed all of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, at that point, everybody's in uproar because he really just embarrassed all of them. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have successfully privatized world peace. Ego. Period. And, I mean, he kind of did. I mean, he's not wrong. But is it right? I don't know. So, But, I mean, the thing is, he's actually trying to make... To, you know, play devil's advocate, he's actually trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. The government has their own agendas and things that they want and what they're trying to get to get it, which is never going to cause peace. Mm -hmm. They're going to blow some shit up and they're going to kill innocent people. But Tony is like, how about let's not do that? Yeah. (laughs) Which is probably best that they don't have it. But meanwhile, um, Ivan is working on his suit. So we get a little flash of that. And then we're back to Tony. He's in his lab and he tests his blood toxicity again. And it's at 24%. And I feel like this is like a day later. So Mm -hmm. this is like, it's it's a time sensitive thing. Like it's happening really fast. And we find out from Jarvis that this is caused by the (laughs) the arc reactor and his continued use of the Iron Man suit. Specifically the palladium that's in it. Mm hmm. Um, that is killing him. And I also wanted to say that he's always threatening the dummy robot. Like, he mm-hmm. made the robot, though. So it's just like, isn't that more... That says more about your power of building things than it does, like, the actual dummy. And the fact that he's just in there talking to him. Uh, but I feel like he probably made him wrong on purpose just so he could talk shit about it. Right, like, he could easily fix <laughs> he it. He could fix it! Good. <laughs> Wouldn't even take him a whole afternoon. No, it would probably take him, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> So then Pepper comes in and she's uh, a little bit sick and harassing him. Well, not even harassing him, but like making him be accountable for things he's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down, this is so funny because he asked her to To wear a mask. Yeah. I was like, I'm so triggered. Look at this. (laughs) Oh my God. And honestly, I feel Tony because now after everything, if somebody's coughing around me, I'm looking at you real crazy. Yeah. Like get them COVID germs out of my face. Go oh my God. I had somebody at work complain about the person that was handling like the drinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, can you t- make sure you touch like the top part of the lid and not the bottom part and don't put it on the counter. And then this dude walked away and coughed but didn't cover his mouth. I was just like, you worried about the wrong things. Or the people who take their mask off to cough and then put it back. Like, <sighs> We know <laughs> the education system. <laughs> Every day we first we stray further from God's light. <laughs> I swear. So they're having a little banter back and forth, and I really do like their relationship. Mm-hmm. I think they like they play off of each other really well, and you really get to see like the ins and outs of their relationship. So at the end of all that, he makes Pepper CEO. I also think it's important to note 
while he's uh, naming his successor, he's also, she was mad because he was giving away his art collection to mm-hmm. the Boy Scouts of America, mm-hmm. which is like a crazy thing to do, but it also comes up later in the movie as well. Yeah. Um, so she accepts, but it made me think like, did she want to do that or was she just already doing it because like he was she was already doing it just without the pay. Yeah. Cause he wasn't, he, he was, was just... the, he was the brains literally behind the operation. Like he was the genius, but yeah. I feel like as far as running the business, that was all her. She was literally, she had him on a leash, but if she's doing it herself, she don't have to worry about like yanking him back every now and then. Yeah. I mean, she pretty much has been running it since Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. So. And b- since before then. Probably. <laughs> so they celebrate, she accepts, and then we get another flash of Ivan who has just gotten his passport. So he's ready to catch flights and not feelings. Mm-hmm. And then we only get a couple seconds of that. All tanned and ready to go to Monaco. Right. Tannest person in freaking Russia. I honestly can't stand Mickey Rourke in this movie. Why? <laughs> Why? Everything is all because of the way he looks. I feel like it was a big thing for him to do this. And I didn't do any research about it. But after all of his like surgeries and stuff, I feel like people were like, ooh, Mickey Rourke is in this. Oh my God. It was the perfect role for him because I feel like that's exactly what an Ivan Banco would look like. (laughs) His tan upset me. His... What about the hair? The the hair upset me. His nails. Oh, those nails? Those nails. Mm. Freaked me out. Because why why do they look like that? They looked like like talons or something. Elephant toenails. Yes. Oh my God, it freaked me out. and that's probably why I didn't like the villain. I just looked at him and I'm like, nah, I don't even want to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we get back to the States in another scene and we see that Natalie Rushman has entered the chat. Yes. And Scarlett she, Johansson. She is undercover as a notary from legal and she ends up being the replacement for, uh, for Goop, who is now the CEO. So mm-hmm. Tony needs another assistant. And this scene, and a lot of the scenes with uh, ScarJo, were just like uh, problematic to me. I because mm, Happy makes this comment to her like she they coerced her to get into the boxing ring, which she didn't really want to do, but she did it. And he's like, she just didn't want to show her skills, but then she got pissed off like because he's not like, about to treat me. So like... would you take booty boot camp or some bullshit? She looked at him like. I could ball your ass up <laughs> right now. You lucky I'm working right now. Right. And then, like, when Tony's, like, Googling her, he does, like, briefly look at kind of, like, her resume. But then we see her, like, lingerie photos. And I was just like, why did that have to be included in the movie? Like, I don't know. I just think about... Because she's hot. Yeah. But she's so many other things. Like, we could see, look at her and see that she's hot. Even in, like, a business. Like, she's completely covered... She's bad, okay? Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson is fine. So yes. y'all didn't have to show her titties in order for us to be like, oh, she's beautiful. We know that because we can see her. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Girl, blame S.H.I.E.L.D. They the ones that put it up there. Yeah. That is, like, that's weird too. Like, it's weird choices. And I feel like if this was actually happening, like, if you're in a government database, like, why would you put her lingerie photos for her 
you know, undercover. It was I, like mm. that scene in Miss Congeniality when they were trying to put the swimsuit on everybody mm-hmm. in the office in the FBI. Yeah. I don't know why, like, that's just what it made me think of. Yeah, it is like that. Like, like you just want to see what everybody looks like. Y'all just casually on. objectified all the women in the office. That's and cute. the men. Did they do the men too? Yes. I haven't seen them in so long. <laughs> So, you know, after that happens... Um, she absolutely manhandles Happy. She did. Oof. And Tony and Pepper's reaction was so funny. Because <laughs> it happened so fast. They were just like, oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and, then, and it's funny. I I had a little counter at the end when she was with Happy in the uh, Hammer Industries building. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that after she did that to him... That he expected her to, like, need his help yeah. at all. So maybe Happy's just a piece of shit. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or maybe he's, weird. like, one of those, like, weird uncles that's yeah. just, like, doesn't know that Me Too happened. Right. <laughs> Hello. So next scene, we are in Monaco, and it's, like, a little uh, race Grand thing. Prix. Grand Prix. Tony and Pepper are there. It's kind of like a little business thing. There's press there. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Scarlett Johansson is back as the assistant, even though Pepper told him, like, no. How did he hire her? I don't know. He figured it out. He was like, that's the <laughs> one. I need her. But then in this scene, like, her appearance, like, I just noticed, like, her bra showing. Was like, it? Yeah. Like, she had on a bra, and it matched her little outfit, but it was like a little lacy bra is poking out through the middle. And I'm just like, mm. I just thought about that. But we also have Justin Hammer, who's at the party, being annoying. Elon Musk was at the party. Was he? Real life. I didn't Tony Stark. Oh, wow. I yeah, didn't... they were, when they were walking in, and they're like, oh, can we have this table? And then uh, Elon says something about, a uh, a jet and Tony had made a joke like okay you make it and I'll make it work or something like that wow he, yeah he definitely th- he threw some shade at Tesla Ooh, uh, <laughs> okay I mean if it was Stark Industries I don't think we'd be talking about Teslas we wouldn't be I mean, Elon who he would be making Hondas <laughs> <laughs> so then we also see Christine Everhart who was the reporter in the first movie I put again hot girl reporter yeah and that was they were throwing the most shade, shade. a couple that throw shade together stays together <laughs> And she's strong because I would have walked away because they was so roasting her. They were. He was like, oh, well, she did a, a big spread on me. And then he's like, oh, and she also wrote an article. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a lot of little jabs. I can't because mm-hmm. Pepper did one, too. I can't remember what she said. But that scene, it it always entertains me. Yes, I love that scene. And so he's just trying to get away from Justin Hammer because Justin Hammer is acting like they're friends. Best friends. And Tony's like, like, stop touching me. Yeah. This ain't that. He is cringe. He is. is. Like, the sexual harassment was cringe for you. Mm -hmm. Justin Hammer was cringe for me. Both of them was cringe for me. (laughs) Because every time I saw him, I got irritated. Especially I just got annoyed. Talking to Christine later. We're not competitors. We're, We're friends. And Tony's I don't like, consider us competitors. Y'all not competing because, first of all, Tony took himself out of the arms race. Second of all, even when he was, I'm sure there was not any type of competition. No competition. He couldn't even get the TV unplugged at the Senate meeting. 
So you make He probably weapons? is only in that spot because of Tony deciding to not be in the arms mm-hmm. race. So He was always number two. Yeah. And now he's trying to prove himself. That's literally the plot of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So after that whole awkward enc- encounter is over with, he goes to the bathroom and sees that his blood toxicity, toxicity I'm going to say that word right today. Toxicity. It's at 53%. And we start to see, like, the black veins that are on his chest. Mm-hmm. And I think this, like, kind of pushes his midlife crisis a little bit further and then he ends up doing the race. Is it really like a midlife crisis or is it like he is facing inevitable death? So he's like, let's just speed up the process. Yeah. He's I actually started mortality. I, I started. Yeah, I started looking up phases of like dealing with death after like while watching this movie, because I'm like, I feel like he was going through like textbook symptoms, mm-hmm. giving away his things, like mm-hmm. naming a successor. Well, we'll talk about the talk about that more. But. I feel like he was definitely, and this is like you said, like, dealing with his mortality and all of that stuff. Cause yeah, he rich. He probably think he on top of the world, like he can't die. Yeah, and maybe this was just like him untouchable, doing dangerous things, doing like new experiences, just because because he wouldn't be able to in the future. So mm-hmm. he does this, and then you know when Pepper and everybody finds out, obviously they're freaking out because mm-hmm. he is this billionaire and he's doing something very very dangerous. That he is not professionally trained to do. He didn't do too bad for for that being the case. Yeah, he was. Until Taserface walks onto the runway <laughs> with his ropes of death. Oh my god. <laughs> and everybody is seeing this on TV. <laughs> I called him the brown Russian. <laughs> Wait a minute, the spray tans in this movie were kind of ridiculous. It was bad. Him and Justin Hammer. Like, he has spray tan stained hands. It was, like, Snooky level bad. Yeah. So, he he's going on the run, right? He's chopping up race cars left and right. Explosions everywhere. Tight. It was. The visuals on this part were really, really good. And then, um, Happy and Pepper, like, race to get him his suit suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> Pepper's so stressed. She's so stressed out. She's screaming the whole time. They got it done, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking, I did get annoyed with her and her screaming in this scene, but I was trying to think, like, if it was me, if I was Pepper Potts, I probably would be really, really, really stressed out in that moment, too. I'd be stressed out, but I feel like I don't scream. I'm not a screamer. I, I'm not either. So I didn't I feel scream like, when I gave birth to my like, kids, so. I, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> what's happening Alexis <laughs> I'd be like Tina from Bob's Burgers I'd just be like mm. <laughs> and then I'd probably just scare the bad person away like ooh she going through something <laughs> let's move over <laughs> so they finally get the suit on him and I think like this is really cool like this is us moving away from this like kind of antiquated like oh the robot puts it on and takes it off <laughs> he it's just steps on the suitcase and it builds him up from head from toe to head but um i feel like that kind of left him pretty vulnerable unless he was far enough away but i mean, I, I just i feel he was kind of impaled like the villain was kind of impaled by a car so but he was still yeah 
doing damage from being impaled. And everybody's just watching like, oh my God, look at him put on this suit for it, 10 minutes. For 10 minutes. It took forever for the suit to come on. <laughs> and maybe that's what Tony meant. Like you uh, had a shot and you didn't take it. Mm. Because he was exposed yeah. for at he least 10 was, seconds. He's probably was fascinated too. Like, damn, that's cool. Like, yo, man, I wish my dad didn't get deported. Me this could have been me. Right. I should have made a suit too. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, after this fight scene, I was thinking, like, what the hell is the Iron Man suit made of? Because he was whipping at, like, race cars and chopping them in half. But then he whipped at Tony, and he was just, like, fine. Like, the suit he got put scratched it up. In the, it was in the last movie. I don't have the same notebook with me. It was, it's like, uh, titanium or something. Mm. It's not actually iron. Because okay. he said it in the last movie. I think I kind of remember that, but I don't remember what he said. I wrote it down, and but it's, I have a different notebook with me today. Hmm. But yeah, I thought about that. But um, he ends up disarming they Ivan. They need to make cars with that, apparently. Apparently, because <laughs> people with like electric ropes from their hands can whips. Is that is that covered by my car insurance? <laughs> Probably not. No, it's not. <laughs> so he ends up disarming Ivan by snatching the arc reactor out. And then um, he later finds out about his dad's role with his, um, with Ivan's dad. So he he ends up getting arrested, obviously. They take him to a French jail. Then Tony goes in, because, you know, he got connections. He goes in and talks to him. Right. And one thing that Ivan said, which is like another quote that I think about a lot, which I don't know why, but he says... If you can make God bleed, then people will cease to believe in him and there will be blood in the water and the sharks will come. And that says a lot about his plan because that's all he really wanted to do. Like Mm -hmm. he wanted to get the world to turn on Tony and not trust him and just watch from jail as they just destroyed him and watch him die because he knew that Tony was dying. Mm -hmm. And he even he said palladium in the chest. It's a bad way to go. That's not a Russian accent. The first part of that was pretty good. <laughs> as far as the accent goes. I do a pretty good Russian accent, but that almost sounded like Wakanda. Yeah. The end of it was definitely a little uh Eat Bombay. The next uh, scene is Pepper in the private jet listening to the news. And the newscast pretty much proved that Ivan's plan was working. Like, they started to question Tony Stark. They started to say, like, look, other people have this technology. He said nobody would have it for 10 to 15 years Mm -hmm. if somebody just had it. Like, Yeah. So, that he has this moment on the plane with Pepper where he's just like, I just want to run away, basically. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, because I have like, to go to work. like, how about a, a company <laughs> retreat? <laughs> right. Is it just the two of them? <laughs> <laughs> right. Fucking other people. Just right. me and you. So, um, Ivan ends up faking his death and escaping jail. And then we see that he was aided by Justin Hammer. Mm-hmm. Because he is thrown into the back of a truck and delivered to, looks like a, um, a, a airplane hangar. Yeah. And then we see Justin, like, wants to recruit him to help him do nefarious things. Hood rat shit. Basically. The next scene we have is Tony and Rhodey. And he comes in to confront him about, you know, everything that happened in Monaco and, like, how he's been acting. 
and he discovers that Tony is having this issue with his chest piece and like calls him out about it. But Tony kind of, I feel like from what I remember, he kind of just brushed him off. Like Mm -hmm. I'll be fine. Like he puts in the new chest piece and he's just like, whatever. But he's honestly like struggling physically and emotionally at this point. Okay. So, you know, I'm the continuity queen. Mm -hmm. I found a little error. Hmm. So, I was looking close. I had to get all up on the TV to find this. <laughs> okay. Because I looked it up. This movie takes place in May. Like, these events take place in May. Uh-huh. Uh, when he was looking up all the information about Ivan and Anton and all this stuff with the newspaper clippings, mm-hmm. at the very top of his computer, it had a time and it had a day. The date said uh, 5 6 10 May 6, 2010. Hmm. But the newspaper article that said that Ivan died in prison said December 24th. Hmm. You know, I feel like that happens a lot when people put newspaper articles in movies. They should just not do that. Yeah. Or just, like, take the date off. Yeah. Because uh, when his on his dad's issue, it said... Uh, it just said Monday issue, Monday edition. Mm-hmm. But on Ivan's, it said Saturday issue, December 24. Too many details. Mm. And I'm going to catch it. <laughs> okay. I'm You and a whole lot of other people. I am it's the probably whole YouTube queen. videos about it. Right. I will catch it. Right. Like when, like when people cut movies and it's just like you see one person, their hair is one way in the, in the, scene and then it cuts to a different part and have you seen the uh, new fantastic four movie Mm because you'd have a field day because it's bad oh it's bad in national treasure you know i was just watching that is it oh it's a couple scenes that i'm like now y'all know y'all seen that girl that's neither here nor there (laughs) (laughs) so then um before tony's birthday party it was his birthday party right Mm -hmm. um he has a private moment with nat and i think this kind of leads into him like just really saying yolo Mm -hmm. and trying to enjoy his party so we see him very very drunk and out of control in the iron man suit in a room full of people in his house just like living it up and before he had that conversation with her his palladium levels or his palladium concentration was at 89 percent yeah Baby was on his deathbed. He was living it up, drinking. Probably did. Okay, um, if you have toxic blood, I'ma just go out on go out on a limb and say that drinking straight from the bottle, not mixing it with nothing. I don't think that that's the route to go, man. But you know, some people think like if you sick, like people like my husband, you sick, take a shot. It it'll get it'll fix you. Whole time. Is that a black people thing? I don't know, but when I'm sick, I definitely make tea and put whiskey in it. See, so he probably was like, "This might give me a couple." But more I, hours. I feel like that's like a like a very old 1800. <laughs> they were drinking like it was a civil war. A hot toddy. <laughs> burn, get the devil out of you. Burn it out. <laughs> so they party in. Pepper is just like I can't. Like she tries to stop him. And Rhodey shows up and she's like, I got it. Cause she don't really want him to get in trouble. That's her boo low key. Mm-hmm. But she is unsuccessful. So then. Because she was smiling the whole time. Like, yeah. Hey, like, hey, she should have put that Karen on. You people need to get out of I'm here. I'm calling the manager. Right. <laughs> um, so then 
Brody takes it upon himself to put on probably what is that like the Mark Two like mm-hmm. or the Mark One whatever. The, um, I don't think it was Mark One. The old suit um, that he made in the first Iron Man, and they get into a fight and they fight to Queen. Was a remix. To yeah, another one bites the dust. Yes, and I. <laughs> burn, burn, I was like, burn. they should have got DJ Poly D to be the DJ. Was this before? This might have been before his time. This was like before he was like super famous though. Mm. But at that time, DJ AM was like really, I think I remember him being like really, really big. Yeah. Like he used to play in Vegas and stuff, I think. I'm pretty sure that was a real DJ. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard of him. 85%. Yeah. Willing to bet my life on it. (laughs) Oh oh boy. (laughs) Somebody email us if that's not a real DJ. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so then they're fighting. And then, like, the nosy-ass people from the party, like, they stay. You need to mind your non-suit-having-ass business. Because I would have been gone. Yo, whole time when he started firing at glass, I would have been like, oh, no. Oh, Girl, no, you no, know no. how black people are. They fighting. Oh, we got to go. We got to go. I'm Get not... your stuff. Come on. <laughs> Ask no questions. Let's and go. And these are literally, like... It's an actual war machine and yeah. Iron Man fighting yeah. using force. Like they are literally like. Like you see, he don't give a fuck about his house. Mm-hmm. He don't care about you. You will be a casualty. Move. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, like they leave. Like he's like yelling at them and they kind of run away. And then like they blast each other. Like that they was just, pretty dope. It was. That was almost like a supernova blast something crazy which i'm hoping like happy that they left at that point Mm -hmm. but then you know tony's kind of knocked out and then he wakes up to see roadie flying away with his suit he doesn't really do anything he just watches it happen essentially basically and in the next scene we have nick fury and black widow basically smacking him around like what what are you doing Mm -hmm. he's just like in the suit eating donuts (laughs) In, like, the donut sign. They get him to come in. And we find out, like, he didn't, like, he let Rhodey take the suit. Yeah. He could have called it back. I'm sure he could have been like Jarvis. As as, uh, Natasha said, that there are uh, redundancies in order to uh, prevent unauthorized use. Mm -hmm. So, he he did it on purpose. Yeah. He's probably like, I'm dying anyway, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Not to fight you no more. Mm Mm-hmm. So they gave him a little bit of, uh, I think it was like lithium dioxide, something they inject him uh, with. Yes, it was lithium dioxide. Yeah, to abate the symptoms. And they like basically tell him, like, you you can fix this. And he tries to like kind of rally him a little bit. Nick Fury also says, I have bigger problems than you in the Southwest region I have to deal with. Wink, wink, wink. 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 Wink, wink. I wonder what that is. Mm, Post credit scene coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, we get a flash to Ivan, who's in the lab at Hammer Industries, and he has created drones, which Hammer is not happy about because he wants to be Tony Stark. So he doesn't mm-hmm. want drones; he wants suits. That's exactly. what he wants to do. And um, I don't really like how Justin Hammer be talking to Ivan. He definitely be talking down to him. Right, just because he's Russian, just because he doesn't speak English, like he thinks he's stupid, which is wild. Because he's way smarter than him. Yeah. Because the first on first meeting, he like hacked into his system. Right, like you have him working on your shit, so obviously you need you him. You can't do it. Yeah, right. he's smarter than you, but you talking to him. Ooh, I didn't like how he. But was honestly, to him. I feel like that's just how 
with money. Yeah. Talk to people. They do. I'm going to say it. White men, white cisgender heterosexual men with money tend to talk down on people of color, especially foreign people. And you know what? We just, we don't tolerate xenophobia. We're tired of it. We're tired. Because... First of all, I don't care if you have more money than me. Mm-hmm. There is a chance that I could be smarter than you. Yeah. I've actually worked for people and it's just like, you have more money and you may be educated, but I just have more not. I have, I'm smarter than you. Just yeah. like common sense, the way I treat people, it's, I'm smarter. I'm sure there are a lot of bosses who run companies and hire people to do things. But if those people are like, if you had to actually do it, you would not know the first thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just had to... I wrote that down because it started to get on my nerves. Like, what? don't do him. Don't do that. So... Don't do that. Rody, um... Discuss, he... <laughs> there's a meeting. He's he's talking to an army guy and showing him, like, yeah, I got the suit. And he's like, okay, cool. Call Justin Hammer. Give him to weaponize it. And Rody's like, what? And I wrote this down, um... And obviously, we'll go back to the scene prior with Nick. Oh, I was about to say Nick Cannon, Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> but how are they, how are they putting hammer weapons on Stark technology? I put that's like putting like an Android system or an iPhone system into the other's body, and it turned into an abomination too, baby. When you see that was suit. the real abomination. Yeah, and Tony even said something about it, like, oh, <laughs> hammer tech, right? <laughs> So, and I thought that was kind of naive that he didn't think that they would, you know, change the suit. I'm like, you're loyal to Tony, not the government. Yeah. And so, the next scene is Nick Fury. He's talking to Tony, essentially, about his daddy issues. Mm -hmm. And he finds out more about his dad. He finds out that he was the founder of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that he really wanted to be in the energy race and not so much as arms dealing. But, you know, things changed. And he said that only Tony could understand, like, what he was trying to do. And essentially, he was the key to the future. And Mm -hmm. Tony's just like... He's the only one with the means and the knowledge to finish the arc reactor. He's taken aback by that. And he feels... I don't know why. He just kind of feels like his dad didn't like him as a person. And he was just, like, surprised that his dad would say something so nice to him. But it's true. He's given, again, like, a a box of scraps. So, a -hmm. bunch of stuff. To figure out how to save himself. And he does it because he's Tony F. and Stark. Right. So while he takes a break from doing all that, Pepper finds, well, we see Pepper is in the office and she's trying to have this legal battle. Like she's on the phones with their lawyers talking about, you know, how it, it should be like she should be able to pursue the government for essentially stealing their private property and then. Tony shows up because he's there to kind of like apologize, but also a little bit like profess his love for Pepper a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she straight up tells him like, she's, she's not here for it. First of all, she's annoyed that he's there. And she tells him like, I'm trying to do the job that you were meant to do. And And that's basically what his dad had just said. Yeah. Like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm picking up the pieces and you just doing crazy shit every other day. Like she's tired and I feel her on that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, he goes back home because uh, Black Widow threatens him, like, you could drive yourself home or I can have you collect it, because he was not supposed to leave. But he ends up, you know, going back home. He takes the Stark Expo model, and because he's a genius, he looks at it and sees that it's the blueprint to the the element he needs to make. So, he destroys his house. 
build a particle accelerator. Right. I actually did research on particle accelerator. I, this is why it takes me forever to watch these movies because I just constantly go down these little rabbit holes. Two little nuclear physicists. Okay. I know. <laughs> Basically, CERN in Switzerland has one, and that's how. You know, I used to read all those Dan Brown books, mm-hmm. and that's how I knew what that was. But basically, it uh, spins, like, uh, it spins the particles around, basically, and it concentrates it into that beam so that you can do experiments on it. That is the mm. simplest way I could, <laughs> I could explain it. I did a little research, though. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he figures it out, and he definitely made the unknown element that it's going to be a a replacement for the palladium and Colson comes in after he's done I think but either before or after and he tells him that he's going before. to New Mexico. Oh yeah. Because we see a shield. Yeah, a shield was like a prototype or like 3D model. It was, model it or was definitely um like a prototype of it because it was Yeah. It looked cheap. That was right. Did not Unfinished. look like the the one that we come to love. Yeah, and that that was definitely a, a cute Easter egg. And so is Colson saying he's leaving to New Mexico, and we'll revisit that again. So, um, Tony, he's like, you'll. Uh, he's like, oh, you need me. He's like, more than you know. He's like, not that much. <laughs> right. They they're so quippy. In the I movie. love I Phil like Colson. Yeah. And so at the exact same time, uh, Ivan is working on. Um, his his projects and you know his drones or whatever pissing off Justin Hammer mm-hmm. right before the expo and then he ends up leaving and then Ivan calls Tony to pretty much reveal that he isn't dead mm-hmm. and he's still planning revenge and Tony tracks the call and figures out that he's in New York and that he has to go to the Stark Expo Tony never waits to run diagnostics oh no every single time he's just like I'll just test it while I'm using it yeah, I mean, I guess it's because he's a genius, so you could kind of trust yourself. But me, I would be, let's go back to the beginning and check the math because I know I calculated something wrong. I know, Girl, I when wrong. I'm packing, I quadruple check. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I was putting brand new elements and technology into my body. Yeah. They never named that element. What would you call it? Mm, I don't know. Stark Alien. I, yeah, I definitely feel like he would put his name in there somehow. Not for not his first name. It would have to be credited to the whole Stark family. Yeah. So um, then we see that the we're at the Hammer X. I mean, not the Hammer X. <laughs> the Stark Expo, and Justin Hammer is doing his presentation, and we see that he is presenting drones to be used in every aspect of the armed forces, and that reminded me of like how we see in a lot of these future movies that drones are being used along with like actual people on the battlefield, like that movie that Anthony Mackie just did, mm-hmm. Beyond the Wire. Also in Interstellar. Yes. Yeah. So even though he was like pissed that they weren't suits, I feel like the drones, honestly, like I even said, the drones are better. They do work better. You don't yeah. have to put actual humans at risk. Right. Did you notice how like Nat and Pepper were like, they were pretty much like the same person? Yeah, like they were dressed alike and stuff. They were dressed alike. They were walking alike. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, maybe this is like a spy thing, but it reminded me of Andy. He was like, oh, if you want to get somebody to like you, you mm-hmm. have to like mirror their personality. Yes. So I feel like Nat was on some like, she was trying to mirror Pepper's personality because Pepper didn't like her at first. Yeah. But then I feel like once Natalie started acting 
not Natalie, I'm calling, <laughs> that's my sister. <laughs> Once Agent Romanoff started mirroring Pepper's personality a little bit more, maybe she started to like her. Like, oh, I actually like this girl. I definitely noticed that when they were walking up the stairs, they walk in the same, they both had on black. Like, they had the same type of dress dresses, on, yeah. same bag. Mm-hmm. But was, Pepper had on uh, red bottoms. Though, mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Because she's a rich bitch. Yeah, so she, the second movie in a row, she right. always has her red bottoms on. So then, you know, Tony shows up after War Machine comes out of the ground. We have uh, Rhodey in the suit. And, you know, he's trying to tell War Machine, Don Cheadle, like, hey, it's it's about to go down. We got to get up out of here. And as soon as Ivan saw Tony show up. He started hacking. It's go time. Mm -hmm. So they immediately try to start. The drones immediately try to start to kill Tony. And everybody is running out. Pepper and Natasha confront Justin Hammer because he's in the back scenes like oh my god what's going on and they're like no yeah you knew what you was doing right we know some some shit is going down and you know what's going on so this whole battle happens at the Stark Expo people are running around and I was just like there had to be so many like injuries and casualties just not even from them being shot because the drones were just shooting at anything. Girl, I wrote down I'd never show up anywhere Tony was going to be. Man, hope he buys. And, and then I put I hope he buys everybody new cars from when they were driving underneath like yeah. the overpass, and then all the cars blew up. I was like, he better buy people new cars. He has to. And then I'm just thinking like I hope people weren't trampled. Like I was just thinking about all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, this looked dangerous. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So then we have like he saves this little boy, and I believe that that was supposed to be Peter I, Parker. Okay, so I did look that up. Mm-hmm. So, um, John Favreau's son played that little boy, Aww. and then retroactively, they mm-hmm. made that um, that character Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So Tom Holland uh, confirmed it, as did Kevin Feige in 2017. Mm-hmm. So. It wasn't, I think when they did it, it wasn't Peter Parker. But then after those movies started to come out, then they were like, oh yeah, that was Peter Parker. Mm. You can't see his face. Who cares? Like- right. <laughs> they just did it for the nerds. It's mm-hmm. fan service. Exactly. So um, at this point, Happy and Black Widow, like she tells him like, hey, we gotta go. He drives her to uh, Hammer Industries. And I just think it's so funny. Like, she changes in the backseat. Of course, he looks at her or whatever. But when he gets out of the car, he's like, what, what are you wearing? wearing? <laughs> I don't think he thought that she was. He thought you know, she was going to put on some, like, just some jeans. Right. Or something. She has on a whole bodysuit right. with the boots. Her hair is completely different. Right. Changed the wig. Yeah, she switched her wig out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually, you can see these tick marks up here. I actually counted how many men she beat up. She beat up 11 dudes mm. while Happy had beat that, up that one. one. He's like, I got him. He's like, I can help. <laughs> but yeah, about that wig. Ooh, that was trash. It was such a bad wig. It was so bad. Like, the wig she had on for the rest of the movie, if that was her hair or whatever, I, that was fine. Yeah. They should have just kept that. I don't know what Ooh. that wig was, but it definitely gets better. Yeah, I think that was the worst wig she's had mm-hmm. in all of the movies. Uh, besides that whole, like, red to blonde thing. Yeah. That was, but, I mean, half the world was dead. She was in distress. <laughs> so probably was her wig. No, no hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that fight scene, she definitely, like, handled business. And I really liked how it was shot. Like, there were cuts, but it wasn't so many cuts that I didn't, like 
know what was going on or believe that she was actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think like they really showed like her skill set. Yeah. And I even like <laughs> he was looking on the camera. He was like, it was like, oh, let me, like, I gotta get out this jam. Let me get up out of here before she get back here. <laughs> and he was definitely gone by the time she got in that room on his way to the fight. So she um is able to hack. Brody will get through to Brody's suit so that he's no longer being controlled. I gave her the MVP of the week because yeah. not only did she whoop all those dudes' asses, she also hacked Brody's suit. So Nick, Nick, so Tony mm-hmm. would have an actual partner. Yeah, and, and Tony says a hemorrhoid attack, and I don't think that joke got enough love <laughs> in the moment. All his hammer shade was appreciated. <laughs> So they um, get into a big battle and fight all the drones. They pretty much killed all the drones. And then Ivan shows up in his big ass Obadiah Stane Iron Man suit, which is just like. And the only thing that made it different was his whips. Yeah. His electric whips. Yeah. Other than that, it was the exact same. Like this final battle, battle, outside of Brody being there, it was pretty much the same shit. So. They fight. Obviously, he wins. And this is what I was going to get into Mm -hmm. earlier. This fight, I felt like it was built up to be so much more. Mm -hmm. Because you have all these uh, machines versus Tony and uh, Rhodey. Mm -hmm. And then they pretty much get through that virtually unscathed. Yeah. Then you have the big final battle with... Ivan and Rhodey and Tony. Mm-hmm. And even that was just anticlimactic. And then in the end, Tony doesn't kill him. Tony doesn't really defeat him. He kills himself with his own technology. Yeah. That was his plan B. He was like, if this don't work out, I'm going to blow their ass up. So everybody going to die. Whatever. It was just like, that's it. Like, yeah. that's just that, that's just how he dies. They huh? pulled the Ghostbuster move and crossed their little streams. And blew him up to disable him. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well. I feel like they did that on like Harry Potter or something too. Probably. You know. And Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like with the dragons. Yeah. So it was very played out. But it was just like. Mm. Like they beat him of course. It wasn't hard. <sighs> I don't even think they really broke a sweat doing it. No. He kind of broke a sweat though trying to race to get Pepper. Because she was standing right next to one Pepper of those. Pepper is an idiot. For, so, for somebody that's so smart. If something is red, it's a machine. And it start beeping. And it start beeping. You need to leave. Move your ass. You need to leave. And she's just like, what's that? What's that's, going on? That's an interesting melody. <laughs> <laughs> Girl. So she drove me crazy with that. He saves her and they end up on top of her roof. And they have a little back and forth. And then they kiss because they just he's just been in love with Pepper. I think he loves her so much because she'd be like, get the fuck away from me. That too. And she's not easy. Yeah. And she takes care of him. Yeah. So. Like the big baby he is. They kiss. And I mean, that's pretty much the movie. Uh, Sam Jackson, they have a little meeting about the Avengers initiative. And they tell him they just want him to be a consultant because he's a narcissist, according to Black Widow. And they don't know if they want him on the team. But they want Iron Man. Right. (laughs) And he's just like, you can't have me without me. But then to the consulting fee, I love how he says, you can't afford me. (laughs) I be telling people that all the time. You can't afford me, boo. 
And then our post-credit scene is Phil Coulson showing up in New Mexico and he sees Mjolnir. Mjolnir. And then there was thunder at the end. Right. So, boom, 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 boom. Thor's coming. Yay! Ooh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. We just get to watch him and Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. So that that was Iron Man too, y'all. Yes, we, we this is our first third third <laughs> podcast. That's wild. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back with our last segment and wrap things up. All right. So our final segment is um, called "What We Watching." Working title. <laughs> what you I've got some suggestions. But okay, that's for later. Um, so I binged watched the available episodes of Mayor of East Town. Everybody's talking about that right now. It I think is I'm gonna start. So good. It reminds me of like That's on HBO, right? It's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And it is it's just so good. Um mm-hmm. we have Evan Peters is Bay. in it. Um what is his name? Who? Roy from the office is in it. Really? Yes. Oh. Uh, didn't mention. I love something. him and stuff. He's good. He was in Brightburn, and I enjoyed him in that. I didn't see that. I feel like this is the only thing that I've seen him in, and I did not even notice that it was him. I was like, dang, that dude looks familiar, because he looks way older. Mm. He's got a lot of facial hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like the math teacher from Juno. Oh. Like, that's what he looks like, and I'm like, this dude looks so familiar. Mm. But, and obviously, Kate Winslet. And it mm-hmm. is such a good movie. You know, I love true crime and all that stuff. And it's, it's amazing. And this last... Is it like a straight up like crime thing or is it like supernatural or... No, it like... it's just, it's just a crime show. Okay. So Kate, Winle- Kate Winslet plays uh, Mayor Sheehan. Uh, she is a detective in East Town, Philadelphia. This, it starts off basically there's one missing girl mm-hmm. and then... Another one is killed. Another one goes missing. And basically, she's trying to, like, figure it out. And you know how it is when they're like, oh, if you don't figure this out, we're going to get the big guns from the county to come in and help you and stuff. And that's where Evan Peters comes in. Mm. And I texted you, and I'm like, I'm watching this show, and it makes me feel so thankful that I got out of my hometown. Mm. She is trying to solve a murder and people that she went to high school, she's arresting their kids. And they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, your kid's an asshole. Like, oh. <laughs> so it's like, and then uh, Evan Peters has a joke like, is there anybody in this town you're not related to? <laughs> because everybody that's a suspect is either someone she went to high school with or her family. This kind of so, reminds me of like sharper objects because mm-hmm. she was in her hometown like, and didn't want to be that back. That is yeah. exactly what it is, but she stayed in her hometown. Yeah. So it's kind of like a mixture of like criminal minds and mm. uh sharp objects. It's so good. If you mm. like sharp objects, you would like this. Okay. I might start that tonight. Um I been, I think I binged like 3 or 4 episodes in one day. Oh. I know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. It's one of those, huh? <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I got in deep. <laughs> Um, I have not really been watching too much. I've, I'm still watching Lucifer. I ended up watching Titanic, speaking of Kate Winslet. I know, and it's so funny because I think I started watching uh, Mayor of Easttown, mm-hmm. and then I started talking to you about it, and then you said that you were have just watched Titanic the yeah. night before. I'm like, bro, like get out my head. Right. <laughs> 
I watched, I don't even think I finished it. I watched most of it while I was like combing Farrah's hair. And then I also watched uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer only because of Anthony, Anthony Mackie. Mackie. I found out on TikTok that he was in it. Like I've seen that movie before, but I never really like thought like, oh, that's Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. So I went back and watched it just because, you know, I got to support Anthony Mackie. Yes. He, he does not get his flowers, y'all. Like, And I'm going to start giving it. I'm going to mail him some flowers. Man. Anthony Mackie, if you listening to this, can you please DM me your address? Right. Hello. I'll send you some flowers. Fly us out. We like New Orleans. Yes. I want some crawfish. I want you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that man, he works, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. I still need to watch his second, like, Netflix movie. But he's he's so talented. He's been in so much stuff. He is in a movie that just came out with Amy Adams. Yeah, woman in the window. Yes, I want. I'm gonna watch that because that's on my list. A lot of people have been saying that's really, really good. But I just wanted to give his movie some attention because lately, you know, he's been doing a lot of interviews and stuff, and they always ask him about his co-stars. Like he's not the main character. I don't like that. So, I um, that's what I've been watching, and that's it. So I'm probably I'll probably watch Mayor of East Town. Let you know what I think next. Week. I think you'll love it. Yeah. If I'm recommending a show or a movie, it's you usually. You haven't missed yet. This motherfucker don't this miss. This motherfucker don't miss. She had me watching Game of Thrones, and that mm-hmm. was a bop. And then she got me watching Shit's Creek. That's bop. a bop. Yeah. And it's completely different right. genres. But if I'm telling somebody, this food is good, mm-hmm. this movie is good, this show is good. You was right about that Chinese food, too. <laughs> Girl. My guarantee is a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> if it's up to Shanice Sanders, it's good enough for me. So Yes. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you made it to the end, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We are south side of Wakanda. I am Shanice again. I'm Brittany. <laughs> and this was our Iron Man 2 rewatch. Next week we'll be talking about Thor. So head over to our social media and give us a like and a follow. Bye. Bye.